Well, you know, I, I guess I'm just going to have to uh, uh, get a, a table uh, reserved for me, especially at Maza, Middle Eastern Restaurant there, 9th South and 9th East. Um, that's just the way it's going to have to be because uh, I've done two shows in a row there now. Maza, 9th South and 9th East. Uh, did a show there with Holly Mullen, and then when I called up Derek Kitchen and said, uh, where do you want to go? Uh, he said, let's go to Maza. And it um, makes perfect sense because uh, Derek Kitchen is going to be marrying very soon his partner, Moody Sebete. And uh, Moody is from Lebanon. We're going to talk all about that on this uh, episode of the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, sat down with uh, both of those gentlemen and had a great meal, a uh, great talk about Lebanese food, a great uh, talk about uh, same-sex marriage and about where they both came from. Well, what it's like uh, to be a kid growing up in South Jordan and being gay. What it's like to be a kid growing up in Lebanon and being gay. And surprisingly, it's not that different. You'd be surprised. Uh, two really nice guys. We'll find out all about them and how they got involved in uh, uh, the, the fight to repeal Amendment 3 here in Utah and really open the floodgates for same sex marriage in Utah and in the United States with the famous Kitchen versus Herbert Lawson. Um, we had a great time. I didn't want the lunch to end. I didn't want the conversation to end, but it had to, of course. Uh, I also found out that the, uh, I didn't know this about them. They're uh, quite the uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, they have a business together, and uh, we found, found out all about that. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time. So, I hope you enjoy this episode of the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, What more can be said? Mm. Oh, you know, if you go to Maza, 9th South and 9th East, I would advise you to try the uh, Lebanese wine. It's really good. It's a red wine. Uh, There are two varieties uh, on the menu, two varieties of red Lebanese wine. And and I I can't remember which one I have. I only had one glass. but ask for the one that Ali recommends. Ali's the owner of Maza. Say, which one is it that Ali likes the best? And they'll bring you the right one, all right? So, here we go. It's Derek Kitchen and Moody Sabati, and we're talking about Kitchen versus Herbert, and we're talking Lebanese food and uh, eating French fries, as you'll see later on in the show, here on the Let's Go Eat Show. Uh, so, uh, Maza, I'm, I'm starting to feel like maybe we should just do, I should do every one of my podcasts for the Let's Go Eat show. <laughs> That's the Let's Maza. Go Eat at Maza show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's because, uh, you know, I, I almost always, unless the guest says, oh, I don't care where we go, and then I'll pick something. But uh, we always, I always say to the guests, where would you like to go? Right. And so often they pick uh, Ali Shabazz restaurant, Maza, here at 9th and 9th. So here we are again. Uh, with uh, Derek Kitchen and Moody Sebedi, and uh, we're going to eat lunch and talk about uh, historic moments here in the history of the United States, and I guess kind of historic, this is pretty historic for the world, would you guys say? Does it move beyond the United States and the world? Well, you know, before we start, I want to say it's also historic, well, not really historic, but... um very um, appropriate for for me, especially to be dining at Maza because I'm Lebanese, mm-hmm. born in. Um, yeah, uh, well, I was actually born in Houston, but raised in Lebanon since week one, mm-hmm. and um, it's good to have this conversation around a Lebanese table. So yeah, yeah, and uh, we're drinking uh, each. Uh, so we cho- uh, toast uh, yes. Lebanese wine. There you go, and and. 
Let me. Kesak is what we say. Tesak? Kesak, which Kesak. means your, your glass. Your glass. Yep. Yes. Uh, uh, so let me just. If, if you, rec- you may recognize the names Derek Kitchen and Moody Sebedi. Um, and I'm pronouncing your last name correct. Spate. Sebeti. Sebeti, yep. Everybody says Sebeti, don't they? I know. Well, everyone says it in their in their own way, so I go with the with the flow. I okay. roll with it. But it's Sebeti. <laughs> Sebeti. Yep. Sebeti. Yep. Um, and uh, you, you'll go, why, why those names seem, sound familiar to me? Uh, and probably people who listen to this podcast will know who you guys are. Uh, historic uh, uh, moment when uh, gay marriage is now... Uh, same-sex marriage, let's say it is. Marriage. Marriage. <laughs> Equ- equality of marriage for human beings uh-huh. uh, is now pretty much the norm in almost all of the states. And it's, it started here in Utah. This, the, last, the last state to... Um, we, prohibition was uh, gotten rid of. Utah was the final state to cast a vote in prohibition and made drinking legal again in the United States. And now gay marriage who would have thought i think we were also the state that tipped the point for women's suffrage right to vote yeah yeah. we're you know people think as more a mormon state utah being a backward place is sort of not the case you know we're always right there i mean we you know we're sort of backward and then we then we get into the vanguard sometimes we need to be convinced but yeah now i want to i want to i want to get into your your background and how you all uh how both of you got into this into the center of this storm and and what it's meant to you but um there, you are um i i was talking to moody just before we started and you're planning a wedding now I, and I thought I, I said that's nice. I thought it, w- it would be kind of funny if after the whole thing happened, you, you guys went. You know, we've thought it over and we're we've decided this has just been too much, and we're not going to get married after all. It was it has it was it a strain on your relationship at all doing this, or has it strengthened it? Or yes, to both of those, it yeah. was a strain, and there were a lot of arguments and stressful moments and and tension in the household especially for instance while we were waiting for a decision from the 10th circuit court of appeals um there was just there was a lot of tension in the air and so Mm -hmm. it definitely took a lot out of us but it also helped us grow closer to one another it allowed us to um take care of each other in ways we've never needed to take care of each other before Mm -hmm. and and so in the long run it was it was really beneficial to us and and so we're really grateful that we had the opportunity to be involved in this despite the struggles and uh i can see that moody is he's very excited about this uh planning this wedding yes uh and uh, do you care to say uh, at this point what the date is and what some of the details are um, we have uh, planned for may mm-hmm. um really out of necessity but also because may is i mean s- spring is beautiful but um the winter market ends in april and the summer one starts in june and so we thought May is our only time <laughs> to take a few days off to plan a wedding and then a week off for a honeymoon before we have to get back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're, we're opening up a deli uh, next fall. And so really May is our month off. It's the month yes, off. Yes, but, but also, I mean, you're going to have white flowers everywhere and the grass and the leaves are going to start get, getting green and... 
It's gonna be the. It's gonna be a great start to our summer. So, and, and you you said to me it's actually going to be a public wedding. Yes. So, I think that's amazing. I think that's yeah. going to be incredible. I, I, so, in other words, the entire city, the entire world, really is Can going come. to be invited. Well, here's our thinking behind this. Um, Derek and I have built our relationship on the idea that we share experiences with each other. We started a business with each other. We've traveled the world with each other. We had the same job at one point with each other in different locations. Um, we sued the state with each other. Um, we lost a dog with each other, and we adopted a second, and we want to adopt a child. And really, when you think of marriage and when you th- think of a relationship, it's the person you want to share your experiences with, the good and the bad. And this case has really put us on the forefront of marriage equality in Utah alongside our wonderful and brave co-plaintiffs. And we thought, the moment we say I do is a moment we want to share with everybody that was involved and that had a vested interest in it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, where where are you going to, it's going to have to be a big place if right, you're inviting yes. the world. <laughs> uh, do you know where it's going to be yet? Well, you know, we're, we're scoping out the venues right now. We have a few places in mind, but you're right. If we're going to invite whoever wants to come to join us, then then we need to keep in mind that it's, it might be a, a large place. Um, you'll, you'll keep us surprised. Yes, but I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. Are you on, on Instagram? Uh, yeah, sure. What's your, your handle name? Because I'm, I'm Instagramming a picture of us now. I, I think it's RFH. Bill. R-F-H Bill? Yeah, I think so. I okay. think that's what it is. And does the Let's Go Eat show have an Instagram handle? No, uh, no, I don't think it does. Okay. So, so, but to, we yeah. can continue on, but I'm, right. I'm Instagramming your pictures. Okay. Uh, that's very good. Yeah. Uh, so let's, now let's go back into, back into time and uh, Derek Kitchen uh, and uh, Moody Sabeti uh, and find out a little bit about both of you. Uh, I'm intrigued with the... Lebanon and and growing up as a young Lebanese uh, kid and um, and uh, being I mean homosexuality in Lebanon is certainly a very different thing than it is here. Um, although it is, I, I, although here it's, it has not I'm not been easy to be gay either, and still isn't. And, Although it's a lot better than it used to be, right, Derek? Yeah, I mean, the world has changed in under a decade. Um, It was Amendment 3 in 2004 that really helped push me out of the closet uh, in my conservative South Jordan home. A Mormon background, yes? Yeah, Mormon, Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't identify as LDS any any longer, although, you know, South Jordan is a very conservative place. It's a wonderful place, but uh, it wasn't the easiest city or town to be a gay young teen. Uh, but, you know, although growing up all of my relatives and, and family members and neighbors probably wouldn't identify as, you know, advocates for marriage equality or even just gay mm-hmm. people or lesbians in general, I think in the last 10 years, as they've gotten to know me and, you know, a number of other gay and lesbian people, it's hard to not want nothing but the best from us. It's hard to try to deny us the same dignity and respect as they give everybody else. And I think that, you know, once people know a gay person, they it's easy to accept them. Well, I, you know, it's I, I've now met you and sat across the table from you for 10 minutes, and uh, you seem to be a very um, 
uh, 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 gentle, uh, kind, um, thoughtful person. What's not to like? You know, what's what's not to? What, I mean, wh- why? Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know, I ask myself the same question every day. Yeah, what's, what's not, not to like? You look at him and say, "I wish I could just find one <laughs> thing not to like about Derek." I'm sure he can find. He one. doesn't <laughs> pick up his doesn't pick up his socks. You know, something like that. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we can. <laughs> I'm sure we can find something um, in our heat in our heated moments, right? But 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 you know, it's just there's. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, we're people. Yeah, you're just a person, and and uh, and what you do in the bedroom is not something that I should be afraid of or make me not like you. Right, no. I agree. Um, uh, and um, so, growing up in uh, uh, South in South Jordan, uh, you were. Uh, uh, did, did you go to church? I stopped going to church when I was twelve or thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. Did your parents still go, and or they? My father still goes to. He's church. still a yeah. still a good Mormon guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my mom, you know, I don't I, I don't know what to say on her behalf. You know, we we were identified as Jack Mormons, but that's still pretty Mormon. Yeah, and and you're still on the you're, you're still among those that they can count. Say, see how many members we have. <laughs> Actually, not anymore. You I, haven't been. You, yeah, I, I I had myself removed. Uh, actually, about five months before we filed our case against the state, yeah. and um, you um, did you have did you have trouble um, as a kid um, because of your sexuality? Were you well bullied or not bullied too much? Um, teased somewhat. I don't know if that's the same as bullying, but well, there's a great story about that in the Trib's Sunday paper two weeks ago. About, so, so about about my Derek? coming out. So I mentioned a moment ago that it was thanks to Amendment Three that I came out of the closet. Yeah. And when I was in high school, 2004, I was a sophomore at Bingham High, mm-hmm. and the election of George Bush and John Kerry was in full swing. And I think it's really thanks to Kyle Rove and George Bush that you know they activated their base with guns, God, and gays. Yeah. And that's why we had all of the marriage amendments on the ballot across the country. And, and here in Utah, it was Amendment 3. And, and one of the journalism students in my high school asked me who I would vote for if I were old enough to vote. And I said, I would, I would only vote for a candidate that would be friendly to gay people. And so I told him I'd vote for John Kerry because I didn't think George Bush was that man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, in a lot of ways, outed me to my peers just being in support of somebody who wanted to support gay people was enough to oh, indicate I was a, as a, yeah. a gay student. So, um, but you know, once that cat was out of the bag, I was was outed, and a couple nights later, I I was at my home and I noticed a bunch of yard signs on my neighbor's lawns that said, "Vote yes on three. Keep marriage between a man and a woman." And I remember feeling really hurt and angry by that. And so what I did is I grabbed a Sharpie and I went to those yard signs and I crossed out the yes and put no over it. And boy, was I disappointed the next morning when I woke up and all the yard signs had already been replaced. But um, it really, like I say, this is just, you know, my first realization of of my identity as a gay man. And um, I guess my first stance against the establishment fighting me. I remember being at the state fair when they... um 
the amendment was being pushed and eventually passed. And they had a booth at the state fair. And I got into some huge argument. I got into a huge argument with the people manning the booth at at the state fair because they were so belligerent about it. And I said, why are you pushing this amendment? This is ridiculous. What difference does it make? Why? What are you so worried about? Why are, are you know, you're, you're afraid that, uh, that, that, uh, that gays are going to just overrun the country or something. And, uh, you know, and, and it's going to change everything. And, 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 and it's not going to make any, it's nothing would change. Nothing would change in your life. If gay people were allowed more freedoms and if gay people could marry, nothing something, would change in your something life. Something may change in their life. A close family member to them may have the courage to come out and live happily and freely. They may have the opportunity to go grosser, uh, to grow closer to their sons, daughters, cousins, aunts, uncles, parents. No. But the change is positive. Well, I actually, I'm glad that they were at the state fair. No. I'm glad that they pushed this amendment so hard, and I'm glad that they won in 2004. Because before this entered the conversation, gay people never thought we would have the right to marry. We never imagined it would come so soon. And so it's honestly thanks to the likes of Gail Ruzica and LeVar Christensen, who wrote such a vicious law in mm-hmm. Amendment 3, which ultimately couldn't stand up against the Constitution. And so they hung themselves, and in the last 10 years, we've had the opportunity to have conversations and to come out and to change people's minds, and so I thank them for it. It's interesting, too, that many of us said, and we were, you know, on the Radio From Hell show, we were saying in 2004, if you pass this, it will, one day, it will not stand the test of time. It'll, it'll be someday, and the day came... And the day came, and I and and I want to talk about how that happened because it's just it just it just seemed to happen like a bolt out of the blue. Like one day somebody woke up and said, "Well, let's do this." And we'll we'll talk about that. But let's well, let's uh, go to uh, Moody's life a little bit. Uh, growing up in Lebanon, what what was that like for you? Um, Lebanon is a very interesting country. It's um, not like any other Middle Eastern country. It's a lot more. Westernized, um, heavy influences from Europe and the United States. It's a lot more liberal. Mm-hmm. When I came out, now it's interesting to talk about coming out stories because it feels as if we're past that. You know, there's your coming out story doesn't matter anymore. What matters is that you are gay or bi or you're lesbian or trans, and that people need to respect you for that. Mm-hmm. But um, I came out to my mother at 16, and her immediate reaction was to take me to a psychologist, yeah. um, which... In Lebanon. Right, right, which is actually a very good sign, because usually what parents would do is they'll kick you out, or they'll hit you, mm-hmm. or they will hurt you in some way. But my mother thought, you know what, he's 16, he may be experiencing some feelings he does not understand, let's go see a psychologist. And we did, and I, I I saw that person twice before she brought my mother in, and she said, I'm done seeing your son. I need to start seeing you, because it seems to me that you're the one that needs to get over it. 
Which is really? in Lebanon, it could have gone the other way, though, depending right. on her, you know, her professionalism. Well, it could have gone the other way in Utah as well. You yeah. know, I, I was just, I was just, I was lucky to have had fortunate, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mother came around to accepting me, to loving me, to supporting me. Um, Keep it hidden from your dad, though. I did until we filed the case, and that's an interesting story. So he, your dad had no idea until Kitchen well, versus Herbert? Yes. So my parents wow. were divorced, and I didn't see my dad much, so I didn't feel the need to tell him. Um, and it wasn't until we filed the case, there was a young boy, 10 years old, in Salt Lake, who wrote us a letter voicing his support for marriage equality. And it was a very sweet note. And I put that as my cover photo on Facebook and at that time, you couldn't make cover photos private. They were public. And my dad saw that, and that's how he found out. Oh. Um, and so at that point, we you know, had the long discussion that parents usually have. I was scared that he would find out because he's a, a very religious Middle Eastern ma- man. But to my surprise, he just said, you know, I don't completely understand it. It surely saddens me. But I love you, and I support you, and I want you to be happy. And I think you should have the same right that everybody else has. Where does your father and live? In Lebanon. In Lebanon. And still. really, that's all anybody could ask for. Sure. That's re- that's that's very touching. It yeah. it, it um, he has to go a long way. Mm-hmm. He has to go a long way to do that. Right. Uh, and, in his thinking. And now in his life. He is starting to see gay people. He is starting to understand them. He is starting to know that we're just normal. Mm. You know, there there are certain issues that parents struggle with. That living in Lebanon is very different than living in the states. And so I had to explain to my parents why marriage equality matters here. So they they come from a point of view where in Lebanon, marriage up until last year was purely religious. There was no civil marriage. Mm. And so they think, well, you can you can be in a relationship and be get out a little and closer. Proud. Oh, I'm sorry. You can be in a relationship and be out and proud and do whatever you want. But why do you have to get married? Yeah. And to them, it's you know this is a religious thing because that's all they know. And mm-hmm. I had to explain. Well, you know, it's civil in the United States. There are tax benefits. There are insurance benefits. There are hospital rights, and above all. There is an inherent value and respect that you get from people once you make this lifelong commitment to one person. Mm -hmm. And even those who oppose marriage equality, once you tell them we are married, there's this automatic respect that comes out. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of hard explaining to them the, the, the historic momentum of this case and what it actually means. There's a kind of a different attitude in Europe in general, too, uh, about this whole situation because uh, same-sex partners can already have benefits and, and all of that kind of thing. And so they sort of view this marriage thing as being kind of, you know, why, you know why, what is the big deal about that? Right. They, they, it's kind of a, a, a different attitude, and they think, well, why? It, marriage is a bourgeois institution. Why would you want to? Why would you even want to do that? That's silly. Uh, but here, here, it's it's what as as Moody is explaining. There, it's a very important civil. There's 
It's, it's, that's very, uh, I think you've uh, enunciated it very well, enumerated all of the benefits that now you, as partners, will be able to share in each other's lives completely legally that you could not before. Well, and this kind of comes down to the question as, as well as marriage as an institution has continually evolved over the years, but it has always been exclusionary to gay and lesbian couples. If if the state or the government had policies in place that protected and gave rights to any couple that which that wished to cohabitate or get married, mm-hmm. that's a whole different story than the government being involved in an exclusionary ins- institution. Mm-hmm. Parks aren't ex- exclusionary, schools aren't ex- exclusionary. M- marriages shouldn't be as well and the li- libertarian point of view is that well government shouldn't be in the business of marriage whatsoever yeah that's great but that's not the world that we live in yeah. you know how did um how did it get to be kitchen versus herbert as is it just how does it how is it that it's your name i mean it's it's kitchen and sabati and um Lori uh, uh, Wood, Wood, Partridge, Partridge and uh, there are other couples. Yep, there's but, Kate but, Call and Karen Archer as well. Yeah, well, and, uh, and and but it, it's going to be known forever as Kitchen versus Herbert, uh, like it's Loving versus Virginia. Uh, it's uh, you know it, what's the abortion case? The uh, Roe v. Wade, Ro- Roe versus Wade. You know, it's all you are going to be in the history books. Kitchen versus Herbert. Well. To be honest, we didn't know the other plaintiffs when we signed on to this case. When we met with our attorneys and decided to move forward, we knew that they were working with a couple of uh, two other couples that were, you know, potentially interested. Um, but we made the decision that if we were going to be involved, we wanted to do it all the way. And Moody doesn't have a lot of family here in the states. I, on the other hand, have all of my family in Utah with our kitchen last name, a very supportive Mormon last name. Sons of the Utah Pioneers. And Yes, indeed. And I, um, I just, to me, it felt personal. Mm-hmm. And I, I told our attorneys to file it with my last name. And they were all fine with that. All the other plaintiffs didn't have a desire to put theirs first, as far as we're aware. And so, um, and saying my last name is hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a little it, it and it's it's a little stronger. The the K is stronger. Kitchen. Well, and everybody has a kitchen. Everybody relates to that. It's a place of gathering. It's a place of love yeah, yeah. and familial we support. We are at the kitchen table right now. And actually, let me say this is the most enjoyable conversation I've had about the case because it's around food. Yeah. Isn't it great? <laughs> what are you guys having, by the way? Uh, what did you have, Moody? Um, I'm having the chicken kebab on a salad. Yeah, and? Yes. Yeah. And a Lebanese red wine that complements it beautifully. Isn't it great, too? Yeah. And uh, what did you have, Derek? I ordered the baked eggplant, and I'm eating it on rice. It's very delicious. And I'm sharing the same wine as Moody. And uh, I'm having the same wine as well. And uh, I'm having what I really like here, the shawarma on uh, just the salad. Because I'm trying to lose some weight. I mean, I really like it. I really like it on the pita, or yeah. I like, you know. And then, have you ever had? Do you ever have the French fries here at Mazza? Yes, actually. Oh, oh my God! Should we share a plate? 
I no, I can't. Okay. I mean, you guys could. You guys, <laughs> have, please. If we're not going to share it, we're not going to. Moody has a problem with French fries oh, everywhere yeah. we go, and if they put Parmesan or something on the fries, you better watch out. He might order two plates. Okay, so, you know, and and they they twice fry them here, yeah. uh, as they do in like in the Belgian right, style yeah, or really the, good. yeah. Um, oh, well, geez. let me give a shout out to Ali and Maza. Ali has been so supportive of us throughout this case. He hosted a fundraiser here in, in August, mm. um, donated all the food. We had a full house. Um, he has just been such a huge support. And personally, as a Lebanese man, mm-hmm. to get that support from a fellow Lebanese mm-hmm. meant the world to me. I know he's. Um, I don't know where he, where out of the country he is right now. I just know he's out of the country. So perhaps he's in Lebanon. But we should raise a glass to Indeed. Ali yes. Sabah. To Ali. To yes. Ali. Thank How do you. you. Say your glass. Um, Kesak. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I want. I want to tell a story about Derek's last name okay. and why it's also historic that we use his last name. Um, we have a friend who does. Um, Genealogy. Genealogy as a hobby, and she stayed at our house one day till 3 a.m., and we just went through Derek's history. Come to find out, Derek's great-great-great-grandpa, who, by the way, they look alike, exactly like the beard, the face, the, mm-hmm. the head, mm-hmm. the whole thing, and the eyes, and he was the only other ginger in his family line, was a prominent Mormon that lived in... Southern Utah somewhere in Cedar City Uh who we found out was involved in the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Really? Yeah. Not only that, but we have found books and long obituaries and he was was infamous at his time in his town and he was married to an Eastern woman from India. Really? So... He no, liked no. the ex- as as Derek does now right. likes the kind of exotic types, right. <laughs> and so the connection of one being the only other ginger we found in the family, looking alike, getting mm. married to an Eastern person, and being infamous at their time wow. for something they were involved in, just blows me away. Yeah, it's it's it's. Um, History repeats itself, perhaps, and there are concentric circles within circles, and and we're on the great mandala, and and, uh, and we go round and round, and all. Although of that. I'm not sure, being associated with the Mountain Meadows massacres, the greatest of. Well, you you see, and perhaps he was a peaceable, uh, peace-loving person, and only did it and said, "Well, damn it, Brigham Young says I have to do this, I have so no I, so I will. <laughs> I don't want to." A picture. Yeah. Uh, and he, uh, you, you also have a very scholarly look about you. Uh, <laughs> did you? Uh, were, are you a scholarly person? Did you grow up uh, a studious young man? I, I would say that Moody and I both have a, a great love of books and knowledge, and we are curious. Yeah, yeah, take, yeah take out your glasses. You I'm can, looking at uh, Derek Kit. Oh, the, it, no, his name. What was his? What was his name? Was William not? Tate. William Tate Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Very similar. Yeah. You both. Uh, you. What do you? I. What do you? You. You. T- you have alluded to your profession, but I don't know what you guys do for a living. You, sure. You work for the farmers market. What? How? Uh, Actually, three years ago, Moody and I, we started producing um, home cooked meals for friends and family who wanted to eat healthy, 
So we prepared Lebanese food that we would freeze and give them on a weekly basis. And every once in a while, we would include a little container of hummus, homemade hummus. Well, other people started to try the hummus and and request it and... um, and so we had requests, you know, from professors and teachers and friends of friends for our little hummus. And we decided that we were going to try and sell it at the farmer's market in 2012. And so we started a little business packaging and producing Middle Eastern food. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say that we packaged our hummus in old, washed out and recycled cream cheese containers. <laughs> Very good. That's, you know... <laughs> We have stepped it up a bit since then. We're more professional now. Yeah. We uh, we sell through about 40 retailers statewide, Harmons, Whole Foods, Liberty Heights Fresh, Caputo's, and other specialty. Urban Farm and Feed, um, the market at Park City. We launched through Winter Farms a month ago. What is your hummus called? Laziz, L-A-Z-I-Z. I, ha- I, don't, I haven't tried it all. You haven't tried it. So Laziz no. is an Arabic adjective that means delicious. And so that's our company name. Yeah. And, uh, and and if you do you do other uh, do you do other Lebanese foods as well? We have three products: hummus. We have mahamra, which is a red pepper dip made oh, with walnuts oh, and pomegranate. Sure, well, you've probably first, had it here. The first time I ever had it, I had it here, and we, my wife and I, fell in love with it, and so. She figured out how to make it, and she does a pretty good job of just good. doing making it at home. It's very good. Great. Yeah. And then we also sell, my personal favorite product is called Tum, T-O-U-M, which means garlic in Arabic. And it's a strong, very strong garlic condiment. It's the sauce that uh, traditionally goes on shawarma, huh. the garlic sauce. So it's, oh, it's this, what's on here right it's now? It's a bit different a bit than different. that one, but yeah, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. So it usually goes on, on the shawarma sandwich. And a tablespoon of, of that stuff is about five cloves of garlic. Very strong, but no. very, very good. And uh, can, uh, if you uh, uh, can you use it on other things? I mean, oh, just yeah. as a yeah, yeah. you know, it can I might be used as a condiment or as an ingredient. And so. is that available as well? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's uh, at the at the places in, in you stores. mentioned. Yep. So I'll be looking. For yeah, and that. we we will be at the downtown winter market starting November eighth at, at the Rio Grande. Yep. Um, that's really the launching place for all kinds of products. I mean, I remember talking to. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? The, who started uh, Rico? Jorge. 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 Yep. And he's and he said that's that's how I did it. Yeah. Just go on to the farmers market, selling beans at the farmers market. Yeah. And he yeah. said that's how I did it. And, and the downtown market has been such a help for us um, that we have become sponsors um, over the past year, and we will sponsor again next year because without being there, our company would not have grown as much as it has. So. We like to give back where, where wherever we can. No, I haven't been to the winter market. Is that doing? Is that doing well? It's fun. You should definitely Grand. come. Check okay, it out. it's on. Uh, what it's on? Uh, when? What night is it on? It's on. So it goes. Uh, it's every other Saturday starting November eighth, and it runs from ten a.m. until two p.m. in the afternoon. Okay. Yeah. So I'll come. I'll come this year. Yeah, I'd love to see you. All right. So, um, so let's get back into. Uh, let's talk. This, this is what I love doing this because yeah. we can just float around and yeah, talk about how that. we want. Um, how did it come about that Derek Kitchen and Moody Sebede did this? Well, you know, it, back to our business. One day, 
in the fall of 2012, we were at a networking event for small local businesses, and we just happened to rub shoulders with um, a man who was trying to solicit people who were interested in suing the state. His name was Mark Lawrence, and he he said, you know, I have a couple of attorney of attorneys that are you know maybe interested in, in going after the state of Utah for this law, um, but you know, can we talk? I didn't take him seriously for a while, um, but you know, a couple months into it, Moody and I uh, decided to get ourselves registered in Salt Lake City under their new newly passed domestic partnership registry. Mm-hmm. And once that conversation entered our mind, we kind of circled back to the previous conversation with Mark Lawrence where he was mentioning, you know, this prospect of suing the state. And, you know, we called him up and we said, you know, we'd like to meet these attorneys. How did the domestic partnership registry go? Was that a... It's just it's a city... A do, is it, that a doable process? It's and a city-wide it a- uh, registry. Um, it's, it, it applies to basic things like, you know, if I get a parking ticket... You know, we can both be held liable, or we oh, can. Great. <laughs> but but it is hard to get. Is it? It was hard yes. to get. Yeah, mm-hmm. we needed to have each other added to our bank accounts. Mm-hmm. We needed to get a power of attorney form, mm-hmm. which you know, before we were involved in this lawsuit, we had no means to hire an attorney. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there were a couple of hoops we had to jump through. But you know, once we got the uh, domestic partnership registry done, we were actually the third couple listed in Salt Lake City to get this. Really? But you know, there was this sense of pride that came with it. You know, we did this. We are making ourselves known to our government, and and so it just felt good. And that's really when marriage entered our personal conversation. Uh, you know, in the bedroom and you know at dinner. Yeah. And so, um, and three years after. Dating is a long way, is a long time to, to start thinking we want to get married, especially in Utah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Where it yeah, happens. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I got married the first time when I was barely, oh, not quite 21, and, you know, yeah, I wasn't with her for very long at all. Well, marriage isn't easy, and I think it takes no two mature adults <laughs> to really make something successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, once we sat down in the office of Peggy... Peggy Tomsick, our attorney, and she laid out the legal argument. So Mr. Lawrence took you to the um, uh, to the attorney's office. Yeah, he said, I have attorneys that might be interested. And so we sat down with the attorneys, and Mark is no longer around. He was just kind of, he was matchmaker, if you will. Yeah, okay. Um, but once we sat down with our attorneys, and she laid, Peggy Tomsick, she laid out the legal argument for, you know, for this lawsuit. What was, what was Peggy Tomsick's? Interest and the attorney's interest in doing this—it's the right thing to do. Amendment three is blatantly discriminatory. I mean, this is purely altruistic on their, well, their well, part. Peggy is a lesbian. She is now married to her wife, and just last week, she became a legal parent to their son, Marcelino. So she had a vested interest yeah. in this as, okay. as well. Yeah. Anyway, continue, Derek. Yeah. Um, you know, when Peggy laid it out for us, we were still unsure. We went home. We talked about it for a couple of days. I talked to my mom. She told me, I better not do it or else. <laughs> and and for her, it was a fear of being too much in the public eye. She worried for my safety. She thought for sure somebody would attack me. Um, and so she didn't want me to be jeopardized. And, and did you... And, and I think that's a valid 
that's a valid fear. Did you and did you have those fears, Moody? I that somebody my, might attack you guys or I wasn't af- afraid of that. My fear was that one, it's gonna it might hurt our business, which it did not, mm-hmm. thankfully. And two was that if the news were to reach Lebanese shores, my parents would have to deal with the consequences because I don't live there. I'm all the way over here. And they may have to deal with the consequences of the social stigma. So that was one of my biggest fears, and that I wanted to protect them. Um, what, but it was a, wife for a fight what, worth fighting for. What consequences did you think your parents... Well, I mean, social alienation. Are um, they prominent people? Are they business people? Are they? Um, no, but word travels fast, and if they're friends knew that their son is a gay man living in the United States suing the, the government for the right to marry, um, my parents would truly stand up for me, which they have, and then their social net- networks get alienated, yeah. which they have as well in some instances. Yeah. I just didn't want this to be... I didn't want to add anything onto their plates. Mm-hmm. They don't need to stand up for me. They don't need... They just need to support me within our quietly, relationship. Right? Quietly. And, and uh, I mean, it's not, you're, you're not afraid that they would be uh, dr- thrown out of the country or nothing like that. No. Just, just social right. stigma. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, and uh, were you afraid of violence? Uh, you somewhat? Know, Your mother was. My mother was terrified, but, you know, my mom, I love her so much, but she doesn't like to take risks like this. And, and so, you know... I, I took her concerns into consideration, but I had already made up my mind before I even spoke to her. And and I knew we were going to do this, and the only convincing I needed to do was to get Moody on board. Oh, he um, ordered the damn I French fries. I did order the fries. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about them. I'll let, now Thank I'm going to have to have a couple. <laughs> so much Good. for that diet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but, you know, so and then um, it was just about two or three days after our first meeting with Peggy that she called us and said, you know, if you're going to do this, we're going to file tomorrow, so we better do it quick. So, Or you better make up your minds quickly. So, you know, we told her that we were going to do it, we were going to sign on, that if we were going to be involved, it had to be us listed. I wanted my last name listed. And you know, did, now, did you know at this time, that at uh, this point, that there were going to be a couple of other couples involved? She, Yes, uh, we knew of the other couples, but we didn't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, this was a personal case for us, like I already said. And, um, you know, we filed on March 25th, 2013, uh, just a couple of days before the attorneys for uh, Edie Windsor argued the Windsor case before the Supreme Court. Oh, it was was before. Yeah, it was before they even went to oral argument. Uh, That's interesting. You know, I guess I was assuming, I was looking over some stuff today, and I thought maybe it was this was done as a result of um, some, you know, your attorney saying, "Oh, look what happened with Windsor. Let's go for it." No, no, we, we 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 wanted to get we wanted to get ourselves filed before Windsor was even in at the no. you know before the Supreme Court. We were hoping for a positive ruling from the Supreme Court, which we which did get. Yeah. luckily. Yeah, um, but you know we wrote our initial brief, our initial complaint uh, with the expecta- or with the assumption that it may not rule in our favor, that the Supreme Court may not rule or strike DOMA down. 
And so we were bracing, uh, we were Doma bracing ourselves. Being, Doma being the Defensive Marriage Act. And, right. And, you know, I just want to background this a little bit for people listening to the podcast. So, so the Supreme Court rules on the Defensive Marriage Act, and they find large portions of it indefensible or unconstitutional. Exactly. No. And the Defensive Marriage Act basically prohibited the federal government from recognizing gay and lesbian marriages in the states that it is legal. So when that's gone, um, you know, it really laid the, f- the framework for a strong argument for marriage equality nationwide. And we were able to supplement our arguments with, you know, the precedent set by the DOMA case. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, we were preparing, bracing ourselves for a long, drawn-out trial with you know, expert witnesses and, you know, the conservatives on the right bringing in children and, you know, bashing us and digging into our personal history. And, and so we were, you know, expecting that that would be how our case would play out. Luckily, when Doma was struck down and Judge Shelby realized that it was indefensible uh, based against the Constitution, we, he, he gave us a summary judgment, which was much, much simpler than a, a trial. Uh, what happened? Uh, so... So you say, okay, we'll do it, and the other uh, two couples say, okay, we'll do this. And your attorneys, uh, your attorney, Peggy Tomsick, and the, and the law firm is what? Maggleby and... Maggleby and Greenwood. Maggleby and Greenwood. So they take this this suit, this lawsuit, and what do they do? They take it to the attorney general's office? How, do they, how does... I just want to know the, the process, and then I want to know what the looks are. I want to know... You know what? What the reaction was? Was there a look on people's faces? Did they go well, get? Oh, okay, fine, or get out of here? Absolutely, that know. was the reaction from most people, not only in the attorney general's office but across the state. When we first filed, so the way it works is you create a complaint. We stated that Amendment Three violated the United States Constitution on a number of levels, and we filed that with the federal court, the federal court here in Utah. Mm-hmm. And and so then they take this and they assign it a judge, and then they serve the state of Utah paper saying you've been sued. So was the judge that was assigned to it was that initially Shelby? It was Shelby. Yeah. Okay, Shelby. So the so the and the federal court goes to the state of Utah and says these people are suing you. Yes, you have X days to respond. Exactly. Then there's a number of time and you know um, and, uh, and dates to watch for and you know by December 2013 December 4th we were in front of judge Shelby at the federal courthouse on Main Street for oral arguments in his summary judgment now well, he what was the state of Utah's initial reaction they came completely unprepared to the table they didn't think that in a million years that judge Shelby would rule against them this was John swallow this was Actually, John Swallow had resigned two days before. He was gone. He was gone, or three days before, something like that. So, you know, of course, the Attorney General's office was in utter D- chaos. Disarray, and, yeah. And actually, um, Rachel Maddow has a nice skit on how the John Swallow scandal really affected the two-week window where 1,300 couples got married in Utah because the Attorney General's office was so unprepared. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that had a lot to do with it yeah. because he was too busy, you know, worrying about Krispy Kreme donuts and if they knew about the boat. You know? <laughs> so, um, so that did have a lot to do with it. But ultimately, what what uh, with that? But what ultimately? And Judge Shelby, uh, you, have you you've met him? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So let me just finish a quick background yeah. on the story. So we had our summary judgment on December 4th. At the end of oral arguments, he said, you know, you can expect a decision from me, hopefully, in three weeks. I will try my best to hurry. And so we were expecting sometime around January, the first part of January, we would get a decision. So, you know, December 20th rolls around, which is a Friday, and we get, you know, the announcement that he has, you know, uh, struck down Amendment 3 and couples were getting married. We were completely caught off guard. We, we weren't expecting it that day. Not only were we not expecting him to give us uh, a decision so soon, we weren't expecting him to... We were actually prepared for a stay to be issued immediately. Mm-hmm. So to have same-sex couples being issued legal marriage licenses in Utah County and, or I'm sorry, in Salt Lake County and a number of other counties around the state. It was just shocking to us and I think everybody else. And that was when we first realized, wow, we, we can have marriage here in Utah. It is within reach. We do deserve it. Mm-hmm. And, and all of this was for something. And, and I think that it opened up the eyes of many people around the state to see that, you know, Utah is a place for marriage equality. The Constitution applies here just as it does anywhere else. You also ruined the first day of my Christmas vacation because we were, we were, we were uh, leaving. Carrie and uh, Gina and I were about, about to go on Christmas vacation, and this, people started getting married. And so we, had, we went back into work and stayed on the air and... We talked about it all day. Well, sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> it was pretty. I mean, it was it was momentous enough and historic enough that we felt we needed to go be on the radio and talk about it. And, yeah. And had we had people calling in and we we sent people down to the courthouse and you know it was pretty exciting. It was magic. Yeah, it was pretty exciting for everybody. And uh, well, uh, it's. Yeah. I mean, there was so much celebration that the air felt different on that day. It just felt. It felt great, you know. Just being in Utah felt great on that day, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's Judge Shelby like? Oh, so yes, yeah. Um, we met him at Bar X. <laughs> so after the state of Utah appealed Judge Shelby's decision to the Tenth Circuit Court, I'd say sometime in March. I don't recall exactly. Um, we Moody and I were out having a drink at Bar X downtown, and sure enough, we see this big black trench coat enter the doors. And, you know, it's this blonde, handsome guy. And, of course, it turns out it's Judge Shelby. And and so we whispered to each other, you know, back and forth for a couple of minutes. Hey, there's Judge Shelby. We should go say hi. Should we go say hi? Do you think he likes us? Do you think he'll know who we are? <laughs> so we went back and forth. Uh, I ended up mustering up enough courage to go say hi to him. And, of course, I just want to give him a big bear hug and squeeze him and say thank you. Uh, but, you know, he kind of sticks out his cold palm and so it shakes my hand very firmly and just lets me say what I'm going to say, and he just says, you're welcome, and, and good luck. And and it was, um, I was hoping for a, a more celebratory attitude from him, but I guess, you know, in hindsight, the appeal of his decision was underway, and, you know, he he's very a professional man, and I respect him. You know, I have a great deal of respect for Judge Shelby, and, and so I expect nothing less. Yeah, he's, uh, I, would, I would think it, 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 uh, he has to keep his personal feelings out of it totally. Absolutely. He is just he was doing his job and he just had to say, well, this is how as dispassionately as possible this is what it is as far exactly. as I can tell. This you know, I I wish you the best and but yeah, we I do hope that he comes to our wedding though. <laughs> Perhaps you should have him officiate. <laughs> 
we we do have an efficient. Mm-hmm. That's a great but, idea. But that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so, um, where does it all go from here? Well, you, is it's because it's really sort of not over. No, it's not over. You know, I think if there is any unfortunate part of our case, it's that we didn't get a fifty-state ruling out of the Kitchen v. Herbert case. Yeah, or or any case, or any case for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that I think that's one thing we were sort of hoping for. But you know, we're we're pleased with the with the end result. But where we go from here is you have. So Just taking a picture of the French fries, <laughs> and, and I'm listening while yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> we have a, a number of appeals courts, circuit courts, that have, you know, upheld individual states that have ruled their marriage bans unconstitutional. And so until we have a circuit court that, you know, disagrees and says that it's a state's rights issue or that, you know, a state can discriminate Puerto against... Rico. Well, Puerto Rico's not a state, but well, we'll see. It is a U.S protectorate so I, you know that's very interesting we'll have to see what happens i do anticipate at some for our attorneys i yeah. do anticipate at some point the supreme court will need to hear you know a case on marriage equality mm-hmm. but you know by the time it reaches the supreme court we're going to have something like maybe 45 49 maybe states that permit marriage equality and at that point you know it's, even a conservative justice can't take away a right yeah it seems so. like it may just be it's too far out of the out of the bag, and surely, the United States Supreme Court knew that. When well, this they, was the this well, was the I'm genius say, of Justice Ginsburg, yeah. I think, when they did what they did, when yeah. they decided not yeah. to take a we're, case. We're not legal experts, but I think Justice Ginsburg knew what she was doing. Crafty, she's very crafty. Yeah, um, I, I think she she knew that once we reach or we bypass the halfway point of states in the of states having. The right to marry. You can't turn back the clock. No. You can't put the can't. toothpaste back in the tube. As Peggy says. Yep. <laughs> so, so what, um, what do you s- s- say to people? Or There are still people who are fearful. There are people who are worried. Uh, there are people who see, they see the gay pride parade, for instance. Yeah. And I love it, and I, we're in it every year, and we ride in a car and wave to people, and we Absolutely. have a, we have a wonderful time, and my God, everybody's so happy and having a great time. But they see, there are people who see images of that, and they see crazy gay men in you know speedos and or drag queens, and they and and they get scared of that. And um, well, I, I would I, say that you know my it, response is that a pride parade is not. A representation of every gay person. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, if they they if they were sitting here having lunch with the two of you, you know, they would know that. But they but that's not what they see. Well, I I can wear a speedo still, <laughs> but not to lunch. You never know. You never know. And, well, uh, and my guess is you'd look pretty damn good in one. But well, I don't know about that. After these, I know, actually, my prize, the- that may not be the case. <laughs> my theory, actually, my theory is that nobody looks good in a speedo. But, but uh, well, unless you're French. Yeah. But, uh, but well, you, you know, know what, what I, I mean, would say. Though. For anybody who's fearful, the best way to get over a fear is to face it. And so, come break bread. With us, come have lunch with us, eat with us, share an experience. Around come the visit table. us at the farmers market, and come have a conversation with us because we're just like you. We want the same things. We aspire 
for the same dreams. We have the same hearts, and we feel the same way, and the same things that hurt you hurt us. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not sure why any of that stuff scares people, because they're not... I, you know, they're not out to do anything to you. They're just no. having fun. Yeah. It's just fun. I don't, I don't know why it's scary to people, but it is sometimes. Um, what, is the, what does the future look like, do you think? It's, it's, is it, gonna, I, it seems to me to be moving in the right direction, and it's harmo- mo- much more harmonious than it used to be. Um, well, will it continue? Well, there are, I mean, as far as... Uh, Things that we need to direct our energy toward as a gay and lesbian community, gay, lesbian, trans community, there are still statutory issues here in the state of Utah that are discriminatory against us, and we need to put all of our you know effort into into uh, overturning those. What are what are some of those? Well, you can still be fired or you know kicked out yeah. of your house because of your gender identity. Um, what about this whole thing of you know they keep bringing up this whole. This whole thing of you know transgender people. Well, they're going to use the men's bathroom or the ladies' bath. I wish that we. J- I wish we would get rid of men's and women's yeah. restrooms. Just use whatever bathroom you want. Yeah. <laughs> I just that just I, that really you know, bugs me. Bill, that's a very liberal point of view. <laughs> I really, I really, I hate it. You know, I just if you just have doors marked restroom. Right. I yeah. agree. And you know, yeah. outside of that issue, I think next up is the Utah Department of Education has a ban on speaking about homosexuality in the classroom yeah. statewide. And I think now that you have hundreds, thousands of same-sex families with children going through the school system and the curriculum that's discriminating against their family, it's completely inappropriate and must end. Mm-hmm. Well, and you cannot ignore our history. You know, we are a people that have fought and that have, that have stood up even before Stonewall. You cannot ignore history, specifically American history. Yeah. And I think LGBT history has to be taught to children, same as black history, same as women's suffrage, same as any of the history lessons which our kids are taught in school. You know, I've, I've said this to, I don't know if I've ever said this to uh, gay people. I, I've said this to many straight people. Um, let's see what, how you respond to it. Um, to 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 straight people who are worried that there are more and more homosexuals, there, you know there just seem to be more and more homosexuals. Uh, I, I've said, you know, I think historically, and the numbers can be debated as to what percentage of the population is gay. You know, in the world, ten percent, twelve percent, maybe. I don't know, 15% maybe? Well, I don't know what figures there are. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, people, uh, lots of figures. You know, there, but <laughs> let's say, uh, you know, I, I think 10% is about accurate. 10%. You know, that's what maybe, I hear a lot. Yeah. So maybe 10%. That it has always been 10% since the beginning of time. Yes. And will always be about 10%. <laughs> well, always. I, I don't know about that. I'm not a scientist and I haven't done my research or cred on what what percentage of the population is gay but maybe we'll see an increase in the percentage not because there's more gay people but because there are more people who have the courage to stand up and who have an empowered voice to live openly and freely and happily so uh, and and if that is the case it would be 
eleven or twelve percent. You right. know, you know so, what I mean. It, but it, it's 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 not. My point being, it's not a lifestyle choice. It's not recruitment. It's not anything. It's just a percentage of the population is is born that way as a percentage of the population. Well, and I think that to your early. <laughs> to your yeah, earlier <laughs> point about the progress made in the LGBT movement over the last 10, 15 years, it, it feels like we've moved so far so quickly because we have. Yeah. And I think um, being gay or lesbian or trans isn't limited to your race or where you grew up or what kind of education you had. It cuts across all socioeconomic backgrounds. Being gay is a univor- universal. And so every community, every family member, or every family all know somebody who's gay. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just a fact. And so I think that as people get to know their friends and family who are gay, they become less and less fearful and therefore more accepting. Well, and I hope that one day we move beyond that, beyond the label of gay or straight or bi or trans. We're just people. And yeah. we come in many different forms. You know, it's, it's uh, and I hate to say this, but uh, it's, you know, being, it's almost, uh, being gay is like, eh, whatever. Yawn. Whatever, <laughs> yawn. I'm really intrigued Old by news. the transgendered yeah. community. And, I, and I'm really, it's like, how do I, what do you, you know, I really am, I am really intrigued and I want to know what, you know, how to, how to talk. There, there are, there are not many transgender people that I know and I want to know, and it's all, and I'm always interested when I'm with them and I want to know, and, and I ask them, you know, I want to know how to talk to you and yeah. what, what your issues are and who, how to, you know, well, you and know, all that. And that's the smartest thing you can yeah. do is just to ask them with compassion and yeah. honesty. And, yeah. and I find that. You know, I, I don't know a lot of transgender people myself, but, you know, through this case, I've been introduced to a lot of really great people who identify one way or the other. And, and I've had an opportunity to get to know some of their struggles and and, and their point of view on all of this. And, and, and they are just like us in every single yep. way. And so they're just less visible. Yep. Well, and I think it's okay to make mis- mistakes if you approach a person who you don't know what gender they identify as and you wrongly use the wrong mm-hmm. pronoun mm-hmm. it's okay to own up to that and say what pronoun do you prefer yeah yeah i it's uh, okay i've uh, it's interesting uh uh I, th- I forget who it was as a performer and and uh and they taught me to use the pronoun they they mm-hmm. yeah they. Uh, i prefer uh, this person p- said i prefer they yeah but that's not true across all. Yeah, uh, not not folks. everybody does. But, but yeah. they is just. I mean, if yeah. you're unsure, yeah. they is a good yeah. place yeah. to start. Yeah, I like, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really nice talking to you guys. Um, Farmers Market is where yeah. uh, we. If you want to talk to uh, uh, Derek and Moody mm-hmm. and uh, try some of their uh, hummus and yeah. um, please do. And we have great shirts that say homosexual on them. <laughs> They're wonderful. Uh, I I will I will definitely see you. No, we're good. No, we're Thank good. you. <laughs> Thank you. They're trying to get us to have dessert, which is <laughs> <laughs> after the French fries. No, no, no. no the no, French no, fries no. were dessert. Yeah, the French fries were dessert. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to meet you and um, uh, find uh, Derek Kitchen and uh, Moody Sabeti mm-hmm. at uh, the Farmers Market, the Winter Market, yep. which is at the Rio Grande, starting when uh, uh, November eighth. And November every other 8th, week. every other Saturday, mm-hmm. November 8th, from what time? 
10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Yeah, and try their hummus and uh, their uh, uh, Middle Eastern spreads. Oh, yeah, that yeah. spread. What is it called again? Muhammad. Yeah, we, my, uh, we say it somehow. Muhammad. Well, I, I'm from Muhammad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so the, good. The real way to pronounce it is Muhammad. Because there's no vowel between the M and the H. Hamara. Hamara, yeah. Oh, it's, you kind of have to bark it. It's delicious. <laughs> it just spread it on like some uh, bread on like a... With cheese. Oh, oh that's so good. good. Yeah. And, and also keep an eye out for our wedding announcements. Yeah, in, yeah, in May. Sometime, May sometime in May. My birthday's on the 19th of May, if you'd like, to, if you'd like okay. to have a call. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, pleasure to meet you. Thanks for having it's, us. It's uh, wonderful to meet you as well. I, I want to thank uh, Ali for having us back here at uh, Maza mm-hmm. at 9th and 9th. Uh, delicious Middle Eastern food. Uh, you mm-hmm. can't go wrong coming to Maza either no. here or at his place up at uh, 15th and 15th. Yep. Uh, thank you again to mm-hmm. Ali. Yeah. Um, that's support it. Support businesses that support e- equality and Maza as a business. Yeah. He's always good at that. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Thank well you. done. Nicely done. Thank Thanks, you Bill. very much. I'm Bill Allred. I want to thank uh, Corey O'Brien for putting this show together, which he will do when I take it back to the studios. He'll uh, get this all uh, laid out for us. Uh, I also want to thank my son, Dylan, who used to produce the show but is now working for The Daily Show in New York City. I miss you, son, but looking forward to seeing you at Thanksgiving. And uh, I want to thank everybody who listens to the Let's Go Eat show. Please leave us comments on letsgoeatshow.com. Uh, We'd love to have those comments, and uh, I think there's a Facebook page, too. I don't know. That's it. Uh, Remember, if you see me and you're pouring a drink, always make mine a double.